Hi everyone, and a warm welcome to Tomorrow's Tech Today, bringing you the latest in technology talent, transformational change, and of course, tech as a force for good. I'm your host, Professor Sally Eves, and today we're diving deep into the how of unlocking that all-important information advantage. How can you transform all too typical contexts of information overload, fragmentation, or even restriction to one of data visibility, integration, value, and ultimately, information empowerment, and for business and societal benefit too. To explore exactly this and related topics right across skills, community, security, development, experience, tech innovation, and much more besides, I'm delighted to be joined now by the brilliant Mahu Mazoub, EVP and Chief Product Officer at OpenText. Thank you so much, Sally. Great to be with you today. Oh, my absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. And perhaps a great place to start was just share a little bit more about yourself, kind of the person behind the tech, if I may, and your journey. It's super inspiring. The more I found out, the more I loved, you know, that background across different areas with civil engineering and computer science. And obviously your role as well, kind of moving from the Lebanon to the US, lots of things happening there. I think it's a really inspiring story. So perhaps we could start with that if we may. Sounds great. Thank, Thank you. you. Uh, so my journey started, I was uh, born in Lebanon, a small country in the Middle East, raised in Africa, in Ghana for the first nine years, came back to Lebanon in the late 60s, and then in 1980 immigrated to the U.S. to go to college. And the U.S. has been home since, uh, had a great journey and uh, given a great uh, plenty of opportunities where people helped me open doors uh, throughout my career that ended me here at OpenText as Chief Product Officer. I love that. I love that. And it's kind of that diversity of different experiences come together. I think it's so valuable. You know, I wrote something very recently about the rise of the generalist. It was kind of saying, you know, you need a kind of specific domain or discipline expertise, but you need so much more alongside that as well. And it helps you to be agile. And you know, with all the change we're seeing at the moment, I'm a big believer yeah. in kind of STEAM learning. So you have the technical discipline, but also you have everything else. So arts in its broader sense, you know, things like emotional intelligence and empathy, et cetera. So I really love that. I think it's really valuable. And I'm one Wondering as well as you're talking about that, how that background has given kind of extra flavour and experience to your different roles as well, because you've had different ones from engineer to coder to product developer and obviously product manager too, right through to EVP. So how has that affected you from a skills and experience point of view? For example, your leadership style and kind of ultimately the innovation and the products that you're building and putting together. Yeah, a um, few things at a young age, uh, playing sports, I played uh, soccer or football in Europe uh, and was very involved in Boy Scouts. That taught me to collaborate, taught me to work in a team spirit, taught me the we, not an I. Uh, those type of experiences I brought with me forward in my career into the business world. It allows me to work and contribute with a team setting, allowing every individual to be part of the ideation, to contribute to finding solutions or problem-solving skills, which at the end of the day ends up adding value to our customers. At OpenText also, our company culture supports the concept that we are all great students. We come to the table every day, not believing we are the smartest, but we come to the table to collaborate, to share ideas, but also take ideas from others 
and then apply them toward a business solution and at the end toward solving and creating more value in everything we do at Open Text. Absolutely. And that really comes to the fore with so many different conversations I've been involved in and some of the events and things as well. Absolutely right. And perhaps actually we put that forward to all these experiences coming together, how they're helping you conceive and develop, for example, new products. Perhaps we could drill into one area that I think is very much top of the agenda for so many at the moment around customer experience and the personalization around that. I think it's a a leading priority for organizations right through from enterprise like yourself, right through to SME and SMB. And we have such a dynamism around this at the moment, particularly in environments like call centers. And recently you made some announcements around open text um, Kfinity and also explore CE 22.4. And it's really addressing some of these challenges, particularly some of the features like auto score and native chat support. So I'd love it if we could drill into some of the advancements there, also some of the integrations and managed service offerings too, and really show how they're helping organizations to deliver on experience and improve things like virtualization and just the superiority and kind of that seamless friction free experience everybody's looking for right now yeah i mean i'll give an example if i take one of our products especially in the call center space our qfinity solutions we have done many new innovations in 22.4 and in prior releases which help us identify automates the identification of the caller associated with prior historical records. So the agent working with a customer in a call center environment are able to understand the history of a customer, be able to gauge their happiness or satisfaction based on historical data. Then the call center, our Qfinity product provides scoring and tracking, including agent behavior and the service they're providing back to customers because at the end of the day, it's all recorded. And through that historical experiences, we're able to create analytics. In addition, it allows us to also provide coaching to our agent in improving their skills and the services they provide to customers. Excellent. Excellent. And it reminded me, actually, as you're talking there about some new research that's come out as well. And this one came particularly from Salesforce. And it was talking about just how important that experience is. You know, for example, how CX is now eclipsing things rather than just products and services. It was around 88 percent, I think, from memory saying consumers are saying that in the contact center experience, that quality of that experience is just as important as the quality of the offering itself. So it's right up there. And I also was involved in some other research kind of talking about brand love. And effectively, it was saying if there was one kind of broken touch point in that customer journey, it's kind of kind of that um, description really of multi-channel, omni-channel not being exactly the same thing. People need that seamlessness. If you start a journey in one place, they're expecting that all that information that's been shared is seamlessly transferred to that next channel, etc. So it's absolutely spot on. And the use of those analytics you were describing there to personalize that journey and tailor everything, it's absolutely critical. And obviously the agent support too. So really, really interesting. Thank you. And I think absolutely 
absolutely on point. And also I wanted to reflect a little bit back to Open Text World as well. Brilliant, brilliant event. And there was such a lot of detail there in terms of the kind of the vision setting, the roadmap, the timeline um, for next year and beyond. And one of the things that really struck me there as well was the announcements around Project in Titanium. I'd love it if we could explore a little bit more about the latest developments there, but also looking ahead a bit more into 2023. I know there's a new iteration and obviously the alignment with what you also announced around the Business 2030 vision too. I wonder if we could bring that live to our, for our audience today. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, uh, Open Text World Las Vegas 2022 was an amazing event. Um, it was the return to office for eventing. It was the first time we were back in front of our customers, <clears throat> in front of our customers and partners. It was great to observe and see people hug and shake hands. Uh, people they haven't seen for two and a half, in some cases, for three years. One of the big center stage was Project Titanium and the largest R&D investment that we have made at OpenTax in the 10 years I've been with the company. Our It brings our solution at our private cloud today, we are leaders and it brings, Project Titanium brings our public cloud and native SaaS application to become a parity with our private cloud. Core content in our content cloud was center stage and Mark Berenshay, our CEO, demoed in his keynote. And he demoed how core content integrate to relevant business applications, SAP, Salesforce, SuccessFactor, Microsoft Office 365, Microsoft Office Teams, bringing relevant data and protecting that data all in one place, allowing you to integrate and work in your native business application, but also have the same governance and security policies around our information. We're excited. Future innovation will bring Google Workspace into that mix and integration into the Google document, Google Sheet, and other product. And we're really excited. Our business network for Project Titanium is bringing our cloud foundation and bringing integration into Microsoft Dynamics, into NetSuite, into logistics applications, UPS, FedEx, and Amazon, and others. In our experience cloud, we brought a common user experience for all of our major product, extreme team site and media management. And more important, in Titanium, we're bringing more APIs and growing our developer cloud and our API network to add more value and allow our customers to do more machine to machine integration through our API, but also to do extension of their application. Amazing. Honestly, you brought so many different areas to life there. That was fantastic. Really, really interesting. You're talking about so many um, key concern areas and how you can turn that to opportunities. I really love that. So the focus on visibility and integration, really supporting that developer ecosystem as well, really interests me that as well. I think particularly, you know, getting, for example, more citizen developers involved as well, who can be closest to the business problems and just gain the complementary strengths we can bring to the fore there. I think it's really, really interesting. So thank you for shining a light 
space and kind of what's coming next with that and that the power of the ecosystem. I think it's really interesting as well. Um, and I'd love to dive a little bit more into AI and machine learning. Again, it's something that we've, we've been talking about a lot at, at the event, but also just generally in terms of the increasing adoption and the move really, as I would describe it, to, to move towards more active, proactive intelligence, really fueled by advances in AI and machine learning. And as part of that, again, lots of news around your platform, Megalem. Could we explore a little bit more about that? For example, I saw a lot more integrations coming to the fore, but if we could put some more news out there around this platform, I think it's super, super interesting. Yeah, uh, great, great question. Thank you. Uh, two areas I'll speak to around Magellan and AI and machine learning. One is our risk guard. We announced at Open Text World uh, in October earlier this year, RiskGuard has now 50 plus predefined content types and AI model, allowing you to crawl through your content, whether it's a document, an image, an Excel spreadsheet, identify PII data, identify password, and protect them or redact them. Identify sensitive content in imagery, content of violence or content of nudity or anything that is important. You could predefine these AI model and RiskGuard can go and you could turn RiskGuard against any unstructured or structured data. And it comes back to you with a dashboard highlighting those risk areas and allow you to act against them. The second area is machine learning. And I look at products like our intelligent capture. Our intelligent capture through our models, you could train the machine to learn a type of document, an invoice, a statement, a driver license, a passport. And you could train the machine to go and scan that content extract all the metadata and put it in an advanced metadata structure and then store the image and associate the relationship. All of that is now automated through our Magellan and Intelligent Capture products out of the box with many customers leveraging these to add value in automating business processes in their solutions. Fantastic. I'd love to see that. I think the points you made there on, on the AI side of things as well, the fact that you have that capacity to go so granular, and you mentioned a couple of particularly really important case studies there as well, particularly around, for example, online safety, so, so important to, to build even further trust. I think we've had an acceleration in trust, actually, in AI, particularly in the last couple of years, you know, wider adoption, increased different demographics, etc. But I think examples like that, that really show that kind of in, inbuilt protection by design, I think is so, so important too. So lovely example there that's fantastic and obviously what you said about ml2 and the support there really guiding people through that process it's not just about the technology is it it's always that kind of facilitation the trusted vendor relationship but also the support around skills culture etc too so really interesting seeing those come together fantastic and you actually on my next question you kind of set me up for that really well earlier because you mentioned this very very naturally you were talking about kind of the power of partnership 
um, and the power of integrations. And one example was the announcement around core content with Google Workspace. So what if we could drill into that as well? Because I think it's so, so important. Ecosystem, kind of the ability to co-create, to come together to solve challenges, I think is one of the biggest growing trends that we have right now. And I think the pandemic kind of really heightened that. It kind of showed the potential to go, go further faster and come together about common challenges. I think we're seeing that around business challenges, but also societal ones as well in the combination of the two. What are you seeing there in terms of the power of partnerships, but also the benefits that brings, for example, around new working models as well? It's a great question. Uh, the partnership with Google and the integration, the commitment to integrate the Google workspace into our core content, bring another relevant business set of data into our solution adding value to our customers. Our goal is to continue looking at all the relevant business sources and bring a common unified way of governing, securing, and putting record management policies around protecting that content, but also securing it through solutions like Magellan RiskGuard, extending those solutions through our intelligent capture with machine learning models where you train the machine to adapt. And we will continue to grow by adding more business relevant areas, hopefully in the future with companies like Workday, like Infor, like ServiceNow, all with one objective. We are in the information management company. We protect and govern and secure and allow you an easy way to access information of any type, but also protecting and securing information is critical in today's digital world. And at the end, it all brings value to our customers and our partners. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. And again, that, that trust center stage, that power of the trusted relationship. Um, and again, again, it's also, it, for me, kind of this whole reducing complexity angle is so, so important. And to do that, it's that word embedding that comes to the fore for me all the time, as you were talking about there in terms of security, embedding that by design, right from the conceptualization of, of, of new products, for example, and the support along the way. Again, because security, obviously, for everybody, I think is right up there, probably in the top one or two concerns, just particularly with the scale and the scope and sophistication of changes there as well and you know I was talking about the power of collaboration you see so many bad actors collaborating today you know things like um, Emotet as one example that was reimagined by bad actors and kind of brought back as a, as a new evolved and greater threat so we have to do the same don't we kind of the good guys coming together to collaborate and co-create together so really interesting great example there Murray thank you um, and maybe a final question on the product side. And we've mentioned a little bit about developers. And again, um, we've got talent shortages, obviously, across the world at the moment in technology and you know areas like cybersecurity and testing and architecture probably being right up there, but similarly around developers specifically. Um, one of the announcements I really loved, again, going back to open text and looking to the future as well, was your low-code platform called AppWorks. I think that has great, great potential. I think, again, supporting professional developers to really maximize um, you know, their specific knowledge and kind of take away some of the more mundane coding and really go into those granular complex problems, but equally bring in kind of the rise of more citizen or business developers too, who can be super close to the problem at hand um, and can be a great asset and kind of bring that alignment together. What's your take on this? Because for me, it's super, super exciting. Yeah, great question again. Uh, the vision for us for Upwork was always to allow our customers to extend our solution instead of customizing the solution. 
because it allow us to keep these customers on an upgradable path where they can continue to take future releases from us and not have to worry and continue to leverage all the great innovation that we are doing at OpenText. Today, AppWorks integrate into many of our solutions, content suite, document and media management, the business network. It integrates into Magellan, it integrates into machine learning, it integrates into case management, it gives you the ability to create advanced workflow. And in under an hour, I could go from a start to finish by creating an entity model, designing a form or an application of multiple screens, publishing that application to a secure URL and start doing data entry and using the solution. We have customers, their CIO have made the decision to standardize on AppWorks for all of their corporate IT application, 100 plus application. They have developed them with ease. It keeps their product on the upgradable path and they give flexibility and value to their employees in automating certain business processes very quickly and very easy internally in their corporate IT systems. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you. That's a great case study there as well. I love that. I think it always gives such a kind of brings it all to life, doesn't it? About how you can apply this yes. across so many different verticals too. I think that's super important. And the agility, the agility to change. To, we've got so many vectors of change at the moment, haven't we? Not, it's not just about the technology, but you know, changing consumer expectations and behaviours, different requirements around compliance and governments, particularly around ESG, for example. So many changes happening. So the ability to react to that, to be agile to change, this announcement around at works is really supporting that i think it's really really bang on in terms of what we need to be doing more of and again you know if we accompany that with the right kind of change management like cicd all these things come together to give that agility to change that we really need so brilliant stuff there um, my next question, slightly going to a different area, moving a bit more broadly. And, and again, obviously, it's my hang on, the accent gives me away here, but obviously, as a Brit as well. Moving beyond now, I'd love to go to a different area. And again, kind of my accent gives me away as a Brit here. But your news around acquisition was super exciting as well. So $6 billion, I believe, the acquisition is for the British company Microfocus. Can you tell us more about it? Super complimentary to me, but it sounds a great plan. I'd love to kind of know what goes next. We are very, very excited excited about the announcement our, we made a couple of months back about our intent to acquire Microfocus. Now, we continue to operate as two individual companies. We're both publicly traded companies. Once the acquisition is closed, I will be more than happy to share with you a lot more about our vision and plans for Microfocus. But we're really excited. And if you look at our prior history, in the 10 years I've been with OpenText, I believe this would be either acquisition 23 or 24 for OpenText. And with every acquisition, we look at gaining talent in the people that will come and join the OpenText family. We look at gaining, with the talent, great products that will come and augment our portfolio and add to it in strength. And the third thing is, if you have great people and great people develop great product, you will give great solutions to customers and make customer satisfaction go really well. 
And we're really excited that when MicroFocus acquisition is complete, to, to share with our customers and partners and the prospects and public our vision and plans of how our solution will complement one another and the new value will bring to our customers. Absolutely. And you kind of bring to the fore for me that whenever we talk about digital transformation in all its various forms, it's always this combination. I love how you brought out the human-centered leadership, really, you know, people at its heart, alongside purpose as well, I would say too. That is the way to bring everyone together. You know, the best results happen where you have people really engaged and empowered to contribute and you have the diversity in teams, et cetera, too. And I love the way you were bringing that flavor to the fore there. It's absolutely that combination, technology, people, culture, process, skills, and skills uplift. It's all those elements coming together fantastic stuff and i'd love to actually on that theme just more on the technology side for a moment kind of looking ahead obviously we always have a lot of conversation around what the latest kind of new technology would be one of the words uh, of certainly the last few months and i think we'll go ahead for the next year or so is all things metaverse and again i think it's super interesting you see different you know views on this in terms of where we are along this journey and, and how actualized it is or not and i've certainly seen some great advancements around for example certain companies using it for collaboration tools internally and really going next level in terms of uh, levels of immersion also things for training like empathy training as well kind of really being kind of walking someone else's shoes super excites me now for open text you know very much as the information company what are you excited about here because it seems to me it's a really exciting fit around content but also around some of the other things we've talked about today as well about experience and around trust and around security too I love your questions. They are wonderful. Let me tell you how I look at Metaverse. And at OpenText, we are early in our research of how it will apply to our different cloud, whether it's the content cloud, the business network, the experience cloud, the developer cloud, or the security cloud. But I look at Metaverse as the digital bridge between physical and virtual. And if there's one thing the pandemic taught us in the past two years is the new way of that we work today. Prior to the pandemic, we work physically in conference room, in development lab, in usability lab, and we interacted that way. We got on airplanes, we traveled to customers, we traveled to events. Throughout the pandemic, we learned to switch similar to how you and I are interacting right now digitally. And neither one of us had to travel across the pond between the UK and the US, and we're interacting. The future, there are many ways that technology bridging the virtual and the physical world will interact in how EDI documents move through the network digitally in how content is secured in virtual or digital folders, in how images flow through uh, for companies in the Hollywood space, or how documents and content or PII information is secured in the digital world. Every one of us today has a physical form and a digital identity on the internet that will be impacted leveraging the new innovation in the future that will come out of metaverse. 
absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. And I think as well, I, I did a talk about this the other day, funnily enough, and um, it was about security. It was a security event. And I was kind of posed the question, is it metaverse or is it darkverse? And I was very much on the, kind of, I always like to give a balanced view, but I'll always be on the, the more optimistic side, if you see what I mean. And for me, I was reflecting on the fact that, you know, we've learned so much over the last couple of years. Equally, we've learned so much about all the advances around internet and around social media. We've seen what's gone well. We've seen where there's challenges as well. Like many things, I think we're at this moment to kind of stop and reflect on those different things and bring that learning into the advance of metaverse. And then we can do that embedded by design in terms of people's you know, concerns around security, for example, and really optimize the potential because I'm, I'm totally with you. I'm really excited about where this can go. And in so many different verticals, you know, just in I did quite a bit in education. And you can imagine like, people literally be able to go back and kind of live the life of, of a Tudor King or you know, take to look forward, et cetera, as well. It's just so exciting about where we can go there. And again, in areas like accessibility too, I just think we've got a huge path forward here. So I'm really excited that you're taking that reflection and doing that research and harnessing that together for the future, because I think it's super exciting where we're heading. Fantastic. Thank you. Really, really, really interesting. And one other area I'd love to cover, as, as you know, I, I do a lot of um, activity, particularly with my nonprofit around essentially kind of democratizing access to opportunities around education and around technology and around social impact causes, particularly around inclusion and sustainability. So it's very, very close to heart. So I wondered, you know, kind of as part of our final area of our conversation today, perhaps we could drill into some of these areas as well. So particularly around inclusion and diversity of experience, it's come up very naturally. We've shown how this is so important. You know, teams that are diverse and in all senses of diversity too, particularly areas like neurodiversity that don't get quite as much attention but it makes all the difference in the world you know, for creativity for satisfaction i think we've always seen that we know that just instinctively but also it reduces the risk of bias too you know i think with things like ai we don't always consider the fact that you know there's 180 plus human biases too so it's not just around the algorithm it's around the human biases and also things that can be baked into older data for example too so really interesting areas super important but one of the challenges we have is we've got quite a lot of high churn particularly from people from more diverse backgrounds and the pandemic accelerated that. What would your kind of top kind of takeaways and advice be on how we can better change a narrative and encourage more people into the tech sector and kind of get that curiosity, kind of think, you know, this could be me. I want to go for that opportunity because there are a lot of learning opportunities out there and the barriers to access, particularly financially, have gone down. There's lots of free resources out there and also organisations coming together to offer that training too. So I love your thoughts on what you're doing um, internally and externally and collaborating with others, but just generally, um, I'd love to kind of share some inspiration about why it's so important to get involved and to be confident and curious and, and not so concerned about the advance of technology because there's so much potential here. That's a wonderful area that I know at OpenText we take very close to heart and we have been doing a lot of work around this area. I'll start by taking one example. If you look at women in technology, which I know has been a topic and then uh, you read about, you engage in for the past three, four years. OpenText, five, six years ago, started working and recognizing that diversity in our team creates excellence in the work and the result and the output of the work of a team. We did a little bit of study working and partnering with our HR team. And we came across where groups that had product managers who are women or had engineers who are women 
did a lot better, produced better solution, produced better quality code in many areas. We started investing, including going to high schools in the Waterloo, Ontario area where our headquarters is, and encouraging school to bring women students to a training course. We held a training camp every summer in Ontario, Canada, where we invited high school students to come and participate in a training course for two weeks. Parents dropped their children early morning and picked them up mid-afternoon as if they were going to school, but they were coming to open text to learn their skills. I we did that. similar things in our India Development Center. With the objective is to promote women in technology much earlier. I think high school and middle school have to start introducing the concept of software technology information management much earlier in a student career to allow them to explore the opportunity, to allow them to explore interests, to open their mind to the, the art of possibles if they enter an information management field or if they enter a software management field. Today, I'm proud to say OpenText is leading in the percentage of women in technology in the software division that I manage. We're proud of that, but we also understand our work is not done. And we have a lot more work to do in the next three to five years to open up new areas in diversity where we welcome new colleagues to come and enjoy the opportunity we have in the fields that we work in. That's brilliant. Honestly, I absolutely love that. And the example you gave as well about the outreach into schools and, and bringing, bringing in and having that hands-on experience in the organisation, I just think it's lovely. I absolutely love that. And perhaps we can come back to that on, on another day and perhaps put something together with my non-profit as well, because I'd love that. There's a, some great scholarships and things that we're launching at the moment. So that would be amazing. And it's great. Hands-on experience. I don't think you can beat it. That learning by doing and kind of getting a feel of what organisation life can be and also just the different skills that can be involved as well. Well, I think one of the biggest challenges um, around tech careers can be just assumptions, you know, that you have to be, for example, from a coding background. And obviously, as we've discussed today, with the low code and no code advances too, that that particularly isn't the case anymore, but just so many different skills make a difference. And to get that most effective team, you need people from different backgrounds, you know, historians, philosophers, people from technology backgrounds or willing to learn the mindset to learn. Um, but equally, as I said earlier on, kind of this more steam centric approach where you've got people with incredibly strong kind of storytelling skills with the data um, and also things like empathy and emotional intelligence too. And on that note, is that something you're seeing as well? Kind of this rounded holistic skill set making a difference. And on that note, too is there a particular skill as you look ahead is maybe the most valued or maybe the other way around is being most undervalued right now another great question i think one of the skills that is undervalued today is critical thinking and thinking out of the box yes. and let me give an example of what i mean by that if you go back in in history and think of the 70s on the streets of london or the street of new york People had to carry coins and walk to a payphone and put money to call somebody, to call a loved one or to call an office colleague 
and say, I'm delayed in getting to office, the subway is delayed, or the underground is delayed. And think fast forward 30 plus years later to the early 2006 or 2007, when the iPhone came to life. It changed. It took a lot of people with different level of think out of the box to take the iPhone and to introduce the world to thousand different things you could do on a small device that could sit in your pocket or in your purse or in your backpack. That thinking out of the box is critical today. I am often reminded in a real open text example, I sit with some of our largest pharmaceutical customers in a design session. And I have my top software engineers, I have my top product managers, and you have across the table a clinical trial analyst who comes up with a brilliant idea to solve a business challenge that we've been thinking about for 30 days. That level of think out of the box is critical and very important for us in how we bring people into our teams that can help us produce these solutions that will add value to customers and solve true business problems in the future. Oh, absolutely. And that kind of thinking out of the box, you just reminded me of an example as well. So I was recently a judge at an event called Hack Zurich, funnily enough in Zurich, <laughs> and involving a big hackathon, which was for 40 hours. Um, and it was looking at how can we use coding and technology to solve problems? And it was particular focus around STGs or sustainable development goals, and particularly around sustainability. Um, and you had teams that were forming pretty much on the fly, about half the people in site in Zurich, half online as well. So really interesting kind of team setups. So much learning just from from the formation of that but the absolute creativity of these teams coming together that the prototypes that were put together the mutual support there was like no competition this was all about collaboration it was amazing but also some of the learning points from that and one of them was most most of the participants were say 18 to 24 roughly they were saying we want to go to organizations when we're looking for a future job and we want to do it in a different way we want to like for example create a video and say, this is what I'm about. This is my why. This is what I care about. These are my experiences. This is what I don't know, but I want to learn how. And almost kind of, rather than apply for a role, apply as themselves and then look where that fit might be. It was super, super interesting. And one of the organizations that were involved um, in helping to put the event together, I was speaking to their CEO afterwards and I'm going to go away with this. I'm going to speak to my HR. We're going to get in a new you know, kind of channel to outreach to people in a different way. And I think there's so many examples of that right now. And again, from a diversity point of view, to really do that as well as possible, we need to be looking for talent in all different places. So I think that's a, another really example um, of kind of thinking out of the box and doing things in different ways and the benefits you can get for that so brilliant examples I think fantastic yeah. and uh, I know we're getting short of time so I'm going to try and do two quick fire questions if I may and one sure. again tech for good it's come up kind of very naturally all the way through along here and you've naturally mentioned a couple of great examples especially that school outreach one but I wondered if you wanted to share maybe a final example you know from open text or a personal example too because again I think it's so important to create that positive and a contagion of change around tech for good and as a final point maybe a little top takeaway for, for our listeners out there today who might be thinking 
thinking about moving into technology, but might be, for example, kind of like, you know, um, kind of scared to commit to go for that course or to take that opportunity to apply for that role. Because, for example, they might not have a strong tech background, but they might have all these other amazing skills that would be super, super valuable. So if someone's there right now listening to this, watching this and maybe hesitating, what would your advice be? So kind of tech for good and encouraging more people in. That would be my final two segue questions I've kind of brought together. (laughs) Tech for good. Let me, I'm going to give an open text example of something I'm really proud of our open text family and the colleagues that enrich my life in so many different ways. Uh, They inspire me. They encourage me. They help me think a lot better of how I add value in the community where we work and live today. I could give a couple of examples of colleagues, one of them who is involved in the Special Olympics and and volunteering back to coach and mentor and help Special Olympians in achieving success in their life in solving challenges in their life, but continue to encourage them for a better future. Or people who go every weekend and volunteer with the food bank in their local community to feed the hungry, to make a difference, especially as we get close to the Christmas New Year season where people are, many people are sitting at home feeling the warmth while Others are sitting outside in the cold and and making a difference. This is what life is all about. At the end of the day, we're all human. We all have to give back to help one another and to help uplift other people at times when they are challenged. Now, if I am to give one advice of what people can do, to improve their skills, to get into information management, to get into becoming a product manager. Many years back in the 90s, there were several people, some of which were mentors to me that said the internet changes everything. It is true the internet changes everything. Uh, The internet became many years ago, people put the Encyclopedia Britannica on their bookshelf and turn back to a bookshelf to grab a book. Today, I could go to Google, to Bing, to Yahoo, to many other Wikipedia, and I can extract knowledge and data from anywhere in the world, from any subject in seconds. I don't have to sift through thousands of pages. My advice is you pick something you enjoy to do in life. It is very important that you love your job so you can become good at it. If you love your job and if you love what you do, it will give you the discipline to go and get better day after day and be a great student. The internet gives you the opportunity to get good at anything you want to learn. I taught myself Python during the pandemic by sitting two hours in the evening every day and writing Python code. I didn't take any university classes, didn't attend any events, just learned it on my home computer screen. And I would encourage people, make sure you love what you do so you could get good at what you will do. 
brilliant advice. I absolutely love that. Kind of follow your passion and reach out for these resources that you were describing there because you're spot on. There's so much help out there. And again, a lot of it's completely free to access. It doesn't need to be via university or college. And again, also reach out, for example, online. You know, social media can be great for communities around shared interests, almost like communities of practice. So don't be afraid to reach out. I've, I've had very much a kind of organic mentoring experiences where someone's seen something I've posted, asked some questions, and then we take it off to DM. And then we have a call and talk it through and, and, and give some support, etc. So never be afraid to reach out is my question. Uh, so my kind of answer to that too. And I think nine times out of 10, even more, um, you'll get a really positive answer. And, you know, frankly, if you did get a negative answer or they didn't reply, they probably weren't the right person to speak to in the first place. So if that did happen to you, don't give up and go again. Absolutely. Brilliant, Rohe. Honestly, I could, I could speak to you for another hour. This has been fantastic. So thank you so much. And I hope you can revisit some of this another time as well, because there's so much in here. And it'd be great to kind of see what happens next as we go into throughout the year. So thank you so much for your time. Really lovely to speak to you. Thank you. I'm honored uh, spending time with you. It was wonderful. And oh, look forward so to future opportunities. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. And for our audience as well, thank you so much to you for your questions that you submitted offline too. And again, for watching and listening. And we'll be following up with more details. And also in the show notes, we're going to put some links into some of the projects we've talked about today so you can find out more. And also some resources around some about some of the education opportunities we've talked about too. Thanks for listening to this episode of Tomorrow's Tech Today. If you enjoy what we're doing, please subscribe to us and leave a review. It really means a lot. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram and see more behind the scenes video footage on YouTube. Thanks for listening.